Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. My motto is uh, have fun now, don't mortgage the future. Welcome to Beyond the Rut the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut into a life worth living. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in this episode, we're going to be joined by Angel Prito, and we're going to talk about how Angel went from being a dissatisfied employee and instead created his online business to help clients get out of their own rut by learning French and becoming fluent so that they can work abroad as well. So today, Angel works wherever he wants, whenever he wants, because his online business of helping people become fluent in French has allowed him to do just that. It's given him the freedom of mobility, the freedom of his income growth, and so much more. So we're really talking about two things. We're going to first talk about how his online business has given him the freedom he's been looking for, and then we're going to plug in his holistic approach to learning a language. So grab a notebook, grab a pen, sit back, relax, and here we go. All right. Hey, Angel, thanks for joining me. You're calling in from Vienna, Austria. I'm over here in Dallas, Texas, and uh, we were just talking about time zone differences. Um, but how are you doing? That's the important question. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm actually coming back from a trip uh, in the U.S., so oh, wow, jumping right back into work. Uh, and yeah, I'd love to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. What part of the U.S. were you visiting? Uh, I was in Virginia. Okay. Because my uh, friend and coworker works there, so lives there and yeah. works there. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Rich. Well, as far as the United States goes, uh, a lot of rich <laughs> history in Virginia. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I visited colonial towns and that was really yes. lovely. Yes. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we connected through uh, a platform called Podmatch, which um, yep. I told my wife I had just joined, and she's like, "What's Podmatch?" and and mm-hmm. I probably gave the worst description possible. Sorry, Alex Sanfilippo. Um, but uh, I basically told her, you know, it's as if you know Podchaser, which is a directory of podcasts, and name any dating site got together and had a baby, and you've got Podmatch, which matches yeah. hosts and guests and uh, uh, based on you know topics and interests and so on. And so we connected through that, and um, and so it was just really neat. You've got this this cool story about you know you had worked uh, in you know corporate America essentially, and you kind of hit this rut of your own. And uh, so tell us about before you started uh, French fluency uh, and your business of teaching English speakers how to speak French, what was life like before you did that? So yeah, my career was a bit like circumvoluted. I think you don't really expect this kind of like twist and turns because I did actually train to be a French teacher Oh wow! Uh, as a foreign language. So that's what, what I have my master's degree in. Um, I have degrees in languages, in English, uh, classical literature, and my master's degree is in um, teaching French as a foreign language. So that's what I specialize in. And then it's a, a line of work where you have to work outside of France. So that's when I decided to move abroad when I was 25. I lived in France uh, until I was 25, then I moved abroad. And then, you know, I was just like, kept trying to basically find the jobs here and there. And eventually I reached a point where I was living in Vienna at the time and I was reaching a dead end where it was just not possible to make a full-time job with my qualifications just because of being a foreigner and, you know, the drill. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, like, let's try to do something new. 
And that's when I joined the uh, tech industry. And first I joined the um, upper level support department of a, a tech company in Vienna. And then that company got bought and sold and, you know, the tech industry is just not the most stable things. Uh, but by that, by that, sorry, by that time I had met my uh, ex-wife, she was my girlfriend at the time, and she was from Berlin. And um, basically when you said corporate America, it's, it's pretty true because there's a whole subset of, of Berlin, which is entirely um, occupied by tech startups that are right. American style. So they speak <laughs> English and everything. And um, so I joined one of them um, and I was the uh, head of the support department at that point. And that's really when I learned um, what it looks like to have a, not to have a business, but to be in a business and like, you know, the different parts of it and how uh, the internet and technology works really from the other side, not just as a user. And yeah, that entire experience lasted a whole of five months until, well, the tech industry being what it is, I uh, had a problem again. And at this point, I was just, okay, I'm fed up. And uh, one thing that struck me in my last job is that um, the people running it were definitely not smarter than anyone else. And I was like, <laughs> well, if they can do it, I can too. Yes. Now, I was wrong, of course, because I had forgotten <laughs> to take something into account. They have millions in funding and I have zero. Okay, yeah. That was a different game. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot easier to run a business if it consists just in like throwing money out and never bringing money in. Yeah. If it starts consisting in, oh, wait, I have zero and I have to feed myself. That's a different story. So that's when, you know, I had to take on the challenge and, um, and do it. And so, yeah, long story short, I founded FrenchFancy.net. It's a um, French learning coaching business so i offer services through uh, online basically same way that you record a podcast uh, you can also have a, a french learning coaching session so i help english speakers from all over the world but mostly us and canada to learn french and i also have uh, i have one-on-one -on -one services and i also have a group program where people come together and, and practice together yeah yeah so, and, and yeah. to recap for everybody um because I, I may have missed it in the introduction uh which of course gets recorded in post-production but uh right. And we didn't talk about it yet, but in case you're wondering, Angel is French. Yes, <laughs> Everybody. I am. Uh, and he lives in Vienna, Austria. And at some point, he met a girl, and that brought him to Berlin uh, because that's what typically gets us guys to move somewhere. I mean, it's how I wound up in Corpus yep. Christi, Texas. I met a girl, uh, got married to her, and got to know her and her family really well. And now we all, all right. live up in Dallas. Uh, so, uh, so already fluent in French because you were born and raised in it. Because it's my native language. Exactly. It, it's and my only native language. Like English I learned and all the other languages I know, I also learned them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the U.S., we – like I know a lot of Spanish-speaking uh, people. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're friends yeah. of mine, family, uh, grew up around Spanish. And then, of course, when they have the chance to take an elective language in high school – they choose Spanish because for them it's the easy A. Yes. You know, they, you know, some will even go on and, and take on Spanish uh, to, to learn to teach it or the history of Spanish. I'm like, is that cheating? Because you already know it. And they're like, hey, it's <laughs> the paper's the paper, man. Uh, but now you've taken that. So, I mean, you grew up learning uh, French. You, you got a degree in teaching French because yes. now teaching is a different skill set than speaking it. And that's something Absolutely. that I really wanted to point out to folks. So that was kind of a roundabout way to let folks know, um, you know, teaching is a skill set in itself. You can know a language really well. You can know anything really well. But if you don't know how to convey that information to help the learner learn it, then um, they're not they're not going to learn it no matter what yeah, you know. Yeah, that's actually the first mistake that most language schools around the world make. 
they tend to believe that because someone is a native, they will just automatically be able to teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also one of the things that frustrated me where I tra- was trying to um, make a full-time job as a teacher before I worked online um, because I was mostly incapable of getting a job teaching English despite the fact that I have a degree to teach English as well um, yeah. from the French university. And, and I have been teaching English here and there and I've been doing it a lot. And arguably it could be easier to learn from someone who has actually learned the language uh, than from someone who just has it natively and does not understand that it's so hard, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but then, you know, with French, I have the best of both worlds in the sense that it's my native language. I know it very, very well, but I also have learned how to teach it and also how to coach because teaching and coaching is two different skill sets. Again. Yes. Yeah. And I love what you had done where um, you, you took a shot at the tech world, uh, but then at this point, you when you started frenchfluency.net you you realized okay i needed i need money <laughs> um, yes <laughs> and uh, so then you, you seem to have married together the skill set you've got so you learned a yeah. little bit about the tech instru- industry so that allows you to deliver your training online um mm-hmm. you tapped into where you already have degrees and skills and um so i guess the question i have is really around what was it that helped you realize that these were the things that would come together and this was the need that you could meet uh, and be able to sustain yourself and have the freedom that you wanted? Kind of it's really a lot of trial and error and twist and pivot to find what will work. Like first find what will work and then find what will be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I was to do it again with what I know now, I would do it the other way around where I would first look at for what's comfortable and then what works um, because that would probably... Um, cut off a lot of the hardship, but it's really, it's, it's trial and error. Yeah. And I don't think there's any other way to build an online business, uh, especially if it's your first one, you have, you have to learn so much. Like the learning curve is insane. I've been in it for almost seven years now, and I still have to learn new things. Just, you know, keep making it work and um, just keep growing it basically. Yeah. Um, but I love learning, so it's not a problem for me. <laughs> it does help but to you be ha- a lifelong learner, right? Yes, yes. I mean, yeah. well, you cannot, like, the internet just changes so fast. You cannot have an online business if you're not a lifelong learner. It's just yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a lot of, you know, finding the right product market fit or service market fit. Like, for me, it wouldn't make sense to try and work with people other than English speakers. Yeah. Because I would have to write in their language, and it would just be a whole other, like, it would be so much more difficult to do it. Yeah. And they're also typically not as interested in learning French as English speakers can be, because if you're not um, an English speaker and you want to learn the language, then you want to learn English. So, and for me, because I speak English so well, if I may say so myself, you it's do. also a lot easier, <laughs> of course, to <laughs> thanks to work with English speakers and teach them French because I mastered the ins and outs of both languages really well. Yeah. So I can show the patterns and that kind of stuff. And that, I think, helps niche you down as well. Like, yes. um, you're not trying to hit every single person in the world, like 7 billion people. I can teach all of you French. It's like, no, if you speak English, I can help you also learn the French. The French. Right. How old am I? <laughs> I talk like an old man now. I hate it. <laughs> but, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> the internet. Uh, well, that is called the internet. <laughs> the, the social media. There, there we go. The social media. The Facebook. I uh, put the in front of everything now. Um, and so, uh, let's see here. So that that uh, that helps me understand like why specifically you say I help English speakers learn French because I mean you mm-hmm. learn how to teach English, you you know English, uh, yeah. and so now you you can do that crosswalk in a sense. Right. Um, 
And so that, that is something for us to, to keep in mind is that we don't have to be everything for everybody. You know, again, mm-hmm. look at your skill sets. What are the specific superpowers you've got that can help that person as well? There's, you know, right. again, 7 billion people on the planet. There's a good grouping of whatever it is you are, not just you, Angel, but I mean, yes, those of us listening as well. Uh, now, what is something that you you did early on when you started this business that you're not doing today? Like you realized, oh, that was not that important. But seven years ago, you thought that was the most important thing you had to do. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. That's a tough question because, man, I can think top of my head of so many things that I just like... Like the list is so long, and, right? ...and give up. <laughs> um, well, first... Um, what I did at first is that I used a platform called italki. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, actually, because I was so early to the platform, it was even possible to make a full-time income from it. It didn't last very long. Um, I actually noticed like early on that, yeah, like the way that the platform was growing, it would quickly become impossible for me to make a living because then I got competitions from people who are sitting in, you know, uh, much poorer countries where they have a lower cost of living. And, and you know, if you're sitting in... Western Europe, you cannot compete with someone who's in Africa. Yeah. Like, they are equally a French speaker as me, you know, and it's just like, if the only point of comparison we have is the price, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to survive, right? Yeah. And so the platforms were just not a solution long term. So then I decided to learn online marketing and, you know, started an email list, uh, which I still have. Um, and, you know, offer um, free gifts for people to join my email list, like my French Francis starter kit, which I have still available and a bunch of other stuff you can find on my website, uh, YouTube, you know, social media in general. Um, one thing that I'm still not sure if I should give it up completely, but I think I should is all the social media that does not include a, a search engine oh. uh, feature or where the search engine feature is very poor, like uh, like Instagram or TikTok. Um, because for me, I find that almost everybody who has ever worked with me has found me through some search engine, typically Pinterest, but sometimes YouTube or Google. Yeah, and it's what turns out to work better for me. Yeah, that's what I've I've heard over. Um, I mean, the podcasting space is, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about, you know, be on this platform, be on that platform, uh, but eventually those platforms either change or they get saturated. Uh, yeah, and without a good search function, because people are searching for how do I do blank? How do I learn French? Right. How do I, you know, increase my productivity in the office? Whatever it is, people are searching for solutions, and yes. you need a good search function to be able to pull that off. So it's, uh, it's yeah, and and people who are searching are in the mindset of trying to solve their problem, yeah. and it's completely different from being on social media and just doom scrolling. Yeah, and if 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 you're just scrolling on social media, you want to be entertained. And I'm going to be honest, it's something I just completely suck at. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm good at teaching and coaching and I'm good at adding value and just, you know, 
shortcutting your way to learn French. But if all you want is entertainment, there are plenty of people, even in the so-called French learning space, that are so much better at it than me. Yeah, It's just not my strength. You know? <laughs> now I will say, having watched some of your YouTube videos, uh, they they could fall in the category of edutainment because you, you talk about uh, some modern things that are kind of known around the world. Like uh, like you did one episode recently where you taught how to pronounce vowel sounds using name yes. brands like Louis Vuitton, and which is not the French pronunciation, everybody. Uh, <laughs> it's what us Americans try to say to sound like we know French, but we don't. I, I saw the video. Uh, and so that was like a neat thing because it's like, wow, I know that brand. Oh, that's how it's really said. Right. Oh, I know that brand. Oh, that's how that's really said. And at the same time, from an educational standpoint, you gave us uh, something we were already familiar with. So you're recalling mm -hmm. prior knowledge and then you add right. this new information to it and you give us a chance to, you know, let that, uh, you know, stew in our brains in a sense. So uh, I found it entertaining. And then there was one where it was Anthony Blinken um, mm -hmm. did an interview in French. And, you know, yes. we don't typically think of American politicians being able to um, carry on a conversation in a language other than English, but, or needing a translator. And here's this guy. Mm -hmm. Without it, you know, he's really good at it. Yeah, but he's also really sneaky because, as I found out in that video, pretty much everything he uses is actually simple. Yeah, if you know how to break it down. Yeah. So I love making that video because it's really the essence of what I do in coaching. Uh, it's like, okay, look at this. It looks complicated, but if you know there is this pattern that you can use, and you know, and these real friends, like these words, are always the same in English and in French. If you just know how to transform them a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, and, and that kind of things. And it's really, it's what I do all day, every day with my clients. And I love doing that. It's also one reason for me to work with English speakers specifically, because English and French sound really different if you don't know how to look at it. But if you know how to look at it, it's a lot easier to almost like extract the French from the English. Not 100%. I mean, there are still things that you should learn, but yeah. you can shortcut your way spectacularly if you understand that. Half of English comes from from French because at some point my uh, ancestors colonized the yeah, yeah. English people. <laughs> Sorry, um, but it's now an advantage if you're learning French. So you know, take the good sides. Yeah, no, uh, my last name Dugan is Irish. Uh, in in mm -hmm. uh, it turns out uh, it used to be a family of chieftains in the Ir Ireland area, Ireland area. Jeez, Jerry, uh, but. Yeah, some some group called the Saxons came along and nearly wiped them out. <laughs> like, right. oh, uh, um, fortunately they didn't wipe everybody out because otherwise there wouldn't be a Dugan or a Duggan line. So right. anyway, yeah, but yeah, the it, the influences on the English language make sense in that respect because, uh, yeah. yeah, just that that island got invaded a lot. I mean, there's Latin words in there because the Roman Empire was there. Mm -hmm. So exactly, um, there are Spanish words in there because I guess at some point the the Spaniards and the British decided to fight each other too. And uh, you just oh, yeah. pick up words. Several over time. points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the invincible Armada and that story. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Those cliffs. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Now, I guess before I transition to the next piece I want to talk about, which is how, um, the subconscious part um, from a, an entrepreneurial perspective, though, you know, being in business for yourself, what kind of freedoms do you see because of it? Because you're running um, French fluency. You know, what what has been the payoff for you for the last seven years? Well, essentially, I do what I want when I, when I want. Yeah. So, for example, I told you that I moved to Berlin because of a girl and also because of the tech industry. I actually didn't like it there. So one day after I was divorced, I just took my business, I put it in a suitcase and I came back to Vienna. Yeah. And I was able to do that. 
and I did not need to find a job in Vienna prior to moving or anything. I just, I had my business. Yeah. I just spent three weeks in the US because I can. And I was working during those three weeks, like not as much as usual, but still, you know, like I can work from anywhere. I barely have to adjust my uh, working times if I change time zones. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really close enough to ultimate freedom. I could be a digital nomad if I wanted to. Um, I don't really love it. I find that I like having a home and, you know, staying put for a little bit. But if it's your thing, that's something you can do. Um, yeah, so I definitely can't complain about the working conditions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's And that was the thing I wanted folks to, to catch is like, you know, especially in the United States, there's this desire to have this freedom, this geographic mobility or time mobility or just work mobility. And, you know, when you're dedicated to a, a company that requires you to come in physically to a location and they they say, if you want to get paid, you got to be here from this time to this time, Monday through Friday, um, a lot of that goes out the window. Um, even, you know, you know, those of us who were parents, you know, many countries, especially in the Western world, have compulsory education. And I know in the United States, it's set up that, you know, the schools are paid based on number of heads in the classroom for the day. And so there's a lot of like supporting laws that say, like, if your kid misses X number of days, uh, the parents get to show up in court. You know, it's like explain the truancy of your child. And it's like, doesn't matter if you took your child out and went on a two week educational tour of the world in in some states in the U.S., you, you are neglecting your child by doing that. And you're like, what? No, they got a better education seeing the world than reading about it in a book. Um, so in, in some ways, we're kind of like, a, I don't want to use the word, we're stuck in uh, a system that we've placed ourselves in, like um, almost like the matrix. We're plugged in and we're scared to unplug. Um, and entrepreneurial life does pose some risk within the payoff when you keep making adjustments, you keep learning like Angel has, you get that freedom that you've been wanting for years. So uh, I love that part of your story. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so now one thing that you'd mentioned to me is that, you know, when it comes to learning language, uh, you know, the approach that we tend to take is, you know, learn a bunch of words, learn these rules. Uh, but you mentioned there's like this subconscious element to it. Tell, tell us a bit more yes. about that. Well, to be honest, most of it is subconscious. And think about it. When you learned your native language as a child, say you learned English, if you're a native English speaker, mm -hmm. you weren't, you know, walking around with a little notebook or like something to like write down the world, the words or anything. You couldn't do that. And yeah. just it all happened sub subconsciously. You probably don't remember doing it. And one thing to keep in mind is that children up until the age of seven, their brain is most of the time in the theta level brainwave, which is corresponds basically to what we as adults think of as the subconscious because we most adults only access it uh, when they are sleeping mm. unless you're very good at meditation which is one of the reasons why i recommend meditation as part of your well any practice to be honest but also language learning but like uh, basically children are always in the subconscious and there was never a child well not never you have exceptions but the vast majority of children do learn their native language without problem yeah. But then you grow up and you want to learn a foreign language and it's so incredibly hard. And then you subscribe to the belief that, oh, but for children, it's easy. It's not that it's easier. It's that they um, don't put so much pressure on themselves and also their brain works differently. But um, and also there's immersion. Like immersion is really like a, a very important element. You learn the language because it's around you. 
if you adopt a child, say from China, and you bring that child to the US, like as a baby, the child will never speak Chinese. Yeah. Unless, you know, put him in Chinese school or something. Um, but the, the language you learn it because it's around you. You're not pre-programmed for learning a particular language. Um, so one of the important elements uh, is immersion. Uh, it's like I have a, this method that I say, which is in four steps. Uh, it's um, selection, activation, immersion, and safe practice. Immersion is really uh, an important step because you have to have the language around you. Otherwise, your brain is just never going to buy it. Language is something that you are using to communicate with others. If you don't hear it around you, you have zero point in learning it. It doesn't matter how much you say, I want to learn it, I want to learn it, I want to learn it. Your brain is like, no, I'm not going to learn that. It's not here. It's not something important. So by putting the language around you, and you can do that very easily. There are so many YouTube channels and Netflix series and podcasts that are in French. Even if you know zero French right now, if you have a desire to learn it, um, you can just start by having it play around or just music if you want. Like yeah. Sometimes music is easier uh, to ease into. There's so much French music. Just have it around. Just give your brain a hint that, okay, now you have another language and it would be a good idea for your subconscious to start learning yeah. it. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of cool if like the only way you could speak French is by rapping it. <laughs> I'm, just, no, I'm I don't pretty know. sure that it, you can put together a method where you just rap it. Yeah. Like, I'm not a rapper myself, but a rapper could, could do it. Yeah, that, that would be really great. It's like, what songs did you listen to while you learned French? Uh, <laughs> uh, there is a lot yeah. of French rap. It's yeah. actually the music that's most listened to by French people. So, yeah, yeah. it's, it's it, real catchy. It can be done, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was an episode of a show called um, The Amazing Race. And that was one of the mm -hmm. challenges that the contestants had to do was they had to learn to, to do a rap that was in French because, you know, it's it's right. popular. Um, yeah. It's not just in Compton, y'all. Y'all. I can't believe I said y'all. <laughs> or the other part that it's just in Compton. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that is, is really, I mean, immersion, though, it does make sense because, it, you know, from a learning perspective, you know, learning theory, um, you, you got to have that relevance. You know, it's, it's not interesting to me unless there's relevance. Well, if I'm surrounded by it, I've just created that environment of where am I? What am I listening to? What, what, um, how does this make sense? And, uh, you know, so immersion that it creates that environment where you have to, it's that necessity is the mother of invention. It's yes. A, nice. And you, you mentioned meditation. So how does meditation help open the brain up, the mind up to, to learn a language? I think there are different ways that it, uh, that it helps. Um, for me, what I think is the most important is really being relaxed and focused at the same time. Uh, I think it's comparable to driving. When you drive, you're, you're not being stressed out, but you're also not sleeping. Mm -hmm. So it's this like feeling of being relaxed and focused. Actually, it can be a good idea to also listen to French while you're driving, even if you're not paying attention to the French, just because your brain is more in a receptive state. And so when you meditate, uh, it, it's the same. So you can use meditation tracks that are entirely in French, or I have some on my YouTube channel. I have one that's called uh, Open Your Mind to French. In fact, you can also download it as part of the French Fancy Starter Kit. Um, and it has the, um, the beginning is in English, you know, when you have like the, um, induction, when you relax the body, just like getting into the meditation. And then there is a whole part where I'm speaking French and I'm putting in some, um, subconscious statement to just help you open your mind to French. And it, it's, it's really interesting. The feedback I get from people, uh, that they're like, oh, wow, it actually works. Like I understood everything you said in French. And when I'm not meditating, I understand nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're just blocking it out because you're 
being so connected to your identity as an English speaker. And uh, for some people, many people have a lot of mind chatter. When you have mind chatter, it's in English and you can't do both languages at once. Like it's a very incredible skill to be able to, for example, interpret uh, one language into another. Like, and the people who do that get exhausted after even half an hour, even if they're professionals, because yeah. it's, it's extremely hard to do. Not to say it cannot be done, but it cannot be done by a regular person, right? And especially not if you're a learner. So if you put yourself in a state where you're more relaxed, you're definitely going to be more receptive. And then you're going to be more open to learning. And also you're going to be more about to, uh, able to speak um, the language because everybody, potentially everybody in the world knows more French than they're able to speak because it's, it's always like that when you learn a language, there is a lot more in your brain than you're able to speak out. And my goal as a coach is more often than not to help people speak things out more than get things in. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I mean, I come across so many people though that, they, they'll shoot themselves down they'll, before they even try. Like, oh, I can never learn that language. It's so hard. Um, have you heard the, the letter R, how they say that? And, and uh, <laughs> or I can never learn, you know, whatever it is, you know, they're already telling themselves they can't do it. And uh, I think Henry Ford had that famous quote, whether believe you can or you can't, you're right. Yes. And, uh, and that's a very important piece that you got to remove that can't and turn it into a can. I can speak French. I can learn French. Um, it doesn't matter what age you are. Uh, it can be done if you're willing to, to let that barrier go and, and quit holding on to that rut. You know, quit, quit keeping yourself right. in it and just say, you know what, let's, let's make that new path and go this way. Uh, the relaxation part really stands out to me because I, I used to tell my, my friends that, you know, I have this firm belief that German was a language that was created while people were drinking beer or mead or whatever, uh, because I took two years of it in high school and I, I was stationed in Germany when I was in the army and I, I knew some broken English, but there was one conversation where, uh, we were out, a group of friends were out and there was this girl I was trying to impress. And, um, the, the tavern owner, his name's Oscar loved, you know, the United States, wanted to come to the United States someday. And he walked up to me, he goes, ah, love is in the air, isn't it? And, but he said it in German. So nobody at the table understood. And I remember just having this full on conversation with him and everybody just was looking at us like, what is going on here? And Oscar leaves, comes back with more beer. And I, I had like two beers in me at that point, uh, two, two good leaders of Hefeweizen, uh, and it was kind of like when Harry Potter learned, realized that he was a parcel tongue and he could speak mm -hmm. it without realizing he was doing it. it. It was just like that. Like apparently I had yes. this full on conversation with Oscar all in German about the girl who was next to me. Uh, and now my wife's going to be like, well, was that me? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. It was six months before I met you. Uh, Cause I went on deployment after that. But um, that, but it was that relaxed state though. Like I was not thinking about, mm -hmm. Am I saying this right? Is this the right wording to use? It was just like I knew the words. I knew the way to use them. And boom, it just came out. Um, and he didn't let me off the hook. Like He knew I took German in high school. So he just kept the whole conversation in German. And um, and so that's it's amazing, though, what you can do when you let those barriers down. What you can do when you're drunk. <laughs> that too, yeah. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> and when you want to, to impress honest, the girl it, next it, to you. <laughs> it's that too. Um, to be honest, it's not just you. Um, I personally, I don't drink, so I don't often have this experience. But there is a, a popular saying or you know idea in the polyglot community that uh, if you have one or two drinks in you, you'll be able to speak much more language or even languages <laughs> than if you don't. 
but it, it's also because you stop caring. Yes. Yeah, you, it, when you, you were, you know, circling back to the idea that uh, you can't, uh, when you think like, I can't, you're just like really closed up. And probably if you take a drink or two, it, it opens up the possibility just because you're not going to be so controlling of your own energy, so to speak. Yeah. Now, um, I have to put a caveat there. You don't really know what will happen if you're, <laughs> you're drunk. You might speak better, but because I work with relatively serious people, you know, like diplomats and like people who like run international businesses or, or charities or that kind of things, I don't know that getting drunk prior to an important conversation is the right strategy. Um, I think meditation is probably yeah. <laughs> maybe not more efficient, but at least safer. <laughs> more professionally appropriate. <laughs> yes, let's say that. Love that. Oh. Now, if uh, folks want to sign up, they're like, okay, I'm sold. I want Angel to help me learn French. Uh, if for anything to impress their Mrs. next Mrs. Smith or whatever. Um, how do they find you and how do they get, I know you have a starter kit. So tell us about the yes. starter kit and how they can find you and learn French. So you can find me on my website, frenchfrancy.net. Uh, you will find all the information there. If you especially want the free starter kit, it's frenchfrancy.net slash starter kit, one word. Um, and then if you're interested in working with me directly, so I have both a one-on-one -on -one program and a group program. Not mutually exclusive. If you work one-on-one -on -one with me, you'll also be invited to the group program. So all of the recorded material and the group classes will be open to you. We also have a, a Discord server where we can get in touch every day uh, and everyone can share resources to learn French and share their journey. It's, it's really community-driven this way. Uh, then uh, you can always find the information on the website. Uh, there's frenchwisy.net slash accelerator is the link for the group and frenchwisy.net slash coaching is uh, the link to the one-on-one -on -one coaching. But as I told you, it's very, you know, uh, it's, it's very uh, fluid in between the two. And you can always actually speak to me directly. You can book a, uh, we call it a coaching application call. It's basically a call uh, that's completely free. Uh, we will take 30 minutes for ourselves so just so you can tell me about uh, what is your project, why you are learning French, and uh, so I can you know, um, recommend to you uh, what would be the best way. And yeah, then if you want to work with me, I am happy to work with you. Nice. Awesome. Uh, Angel, it was great to have you on the show and have this conversation with you. Um, any final words of wisdom, though, before we go? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you my, uh, my uh, motto. My motto is uh, have fun now, don't mortgage the future. And I purposely have no connecting words in between those two things because it can be perceived as have fun now, but don't mortgage the future. Or it could also be perceived as like, you know, like don't, don't take on debt or get drunk too much so that you bankrupt your health just to have fun now, right? But it also can be perceived as have fun now so you don't mortgage the future with the idea that uh, it's important to live in the now to have the, um, to have the best moment that you can because then you will set yourself up for a future that looks just like it. While if you take on the idea that, oh, I have to suffer now so I have a better future, the better future might never happen for many possible reasons. One of them being that uh, once your brain is used to suffering, you probably will continue. So yeah, have fun now. That. It's important. Uh, if you want to learn something, you also need to have fun while you learn it. It will make things so much easier. So yeah, I'm Love that. happy to help you learn French if that's your thing. And you... I recommend meditation if you want to learn anything 
not just the language, because it really helps. Love that. Angel, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to talk with us today. And uh, yeah, I, we'll have to keep in touch. Yes, absolutely. Jerry, look forward to hearing from you anytime. Now, I hope you got a lot out of that episode, just like I did. Took some notes. You thought about your online business that you want to create, or maybe you want to learn French and move abroad or not move abroad. Just, I don't know, keep up with Emily in Paris, whatever the case may be. Now, you can check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 349. There you'll find more information from Angel, how you can reach out to him on frenchfluency.net, and so much more. Also, check out my book. It's on Amazon now. It's called Beyond the Rut, Create a Life Worth Living in Your Faith, Family, and Career. It just launched this month, and it's available as a Kindle ebook. It'll be available as a paperback, and it'll also be out there as an audio book. More to come as it grows. Grab a copy, give it a read, all that good stuff. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week, and I look forward to joining you again next week. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.